Hello everyone, this is Rhett, the Dungeon Master for Stack of Dice. A couple of weeks ago, in our prologue, we floated the idea of a rough-cut version of one of our shows. The idea was to give our stackers an idea of where a recording begins, and our hope is that you'll notice some big differences between the untouched version you're about to hear and the finished product. My hope is that you'll be able to say, oh yeah, that is better. By listening to this cut, I think you'll get an insight into the editing process I go through on a weekly basis. First, there's the sound. I know we still have a ways to go before we get to the level of production I want in terms of warmth and consistency, but I also know we've made some progress since we first started. This becomes painfully evident if you listen to our latest show and then compare it with our early shows. Yikes. From the beginning, we've had a powerful soundboard, a PreSonus Studio Live AR-12, so any sound quality issues are mostly due to my slowly learning about how to actually use all those knobs and dials. Of course, we are recording in our kitchen, which is full of hard surfaces, and that doesn't help anything, but a lot of it is due to my lack of knowledge of sound recording. I've started recently doing several passes before I get down to the work of editing the releasable podcast episode. I use the first pass to clean up my track. For whatever reason, my microphone really picks up a lot of noise from the three players. I think this is mostly because I'm sitting next to a wall, while Meredith and Michael have more open areas behind them. In this pass, I basically go through and silence any time I'm not speaking. This isn't always possible, especially when we're all laughing, but I do what I can. I've thought about using sound gates to cut out a lot of this work, but I'm afraid to do that. Gating may chop out some of the stuff that I say at a lower volume level, so until I can figure out how to do that more effectively, and if you have ideas, I'd love to hear them, it's a very manual process. The second pass is giving Thane's track a similar treatment. He also sits against a wall, and so what we say really bounces back into his microphone. Getting those two tracks cleaned up really helps cut back on echo, and has pushed us well along in our sound quality. Of course, listening through two tracks and silencing non-speaking parts is time-consuming, especially when the episode is well over an hour long. So really, these first two passes take up the majority of the time. It's always a relief to get to the end of this part of the process. I use the third pass to go through all four tracks at the same time to both listen for places to bump up volume and to mark where sound effects should go, and take out any last lingering problems in individual tracks. This is basically my last check before I mix the tracks down into a single merged track. The fourth and final pass through the episode is where I edit the mixed down track. Here's where I start cutting out pieces that don't belong. I cut down on long pauses or remove tangents in order to pick up the pacing. In this rough cut, I think you'll notice a bunch of things that just don't feel right. The pauses are longer, there's awkward phrasing, sometimes cats wander through and make noise. Things like that. This is also where I listen more carefully for possible sound effect locations and mark those if I miss them on a previous pass. I also identify the outtake to play during the closing song. By the time this is all done, the episode is ready for a final stage. The last piece of my process is to add the sound effects, and this is my favorite part. Not only is it the end of the road, but it's also where the events of the episode really begin to feel different, to take on life of their own. Here's where I add the music tracks, weapon hits, horse sounds, and so on. 
And then I skip through from sound effect to sound effect to make sure they don't overpower what we're actually saying. Once this is all done, I mix everything down one more time, and that is the final piece. In my experience, an episode that runs about an hour usually takes me close to eight hours to run through. It's an investment, but as I've said before, the creative outlet it affords is really neat, and I've enjoyed the podcasting scene immensely. The only thing left to do is to pull together the show notes. This is important, in part because the notes give a quick overview of the episode and give links to whatever we mention in that show, but it's also where we give the attributions for the various sound effects we use. This last step takes about 30 minutes, and then, at long last, the episode is set for release to the world, and that's when we all begin to get nervous. In this special release, this rough-cut version of episode 41, Learning to Fly, I'm actually giving you almost everything as it came into my computer. There were a couple little inconsequential parts I need to slice out, but otherwise what you're about to hear is going to pretty much be what I start with. If you have comments or questions about process or insights that it revealed to you, please share them with us on Twitter or Instagram, our handle is at stackodice, or by email, stack.o.dice at gmail.com. And now, on with the show. Good, 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 good. Yes. Uh. Hello, stackers. Let's talk about Dice Envy. Go to diceenvy.com to check out lots and lots of sets of really good-looking dice. If you've been looking for something to freshen up your sets, go ahead and check them out, diceenvy.com. Not only do they have lots of beautiful sets of dice, but they also have a monthly subscription program that you can sign up for, and you'll be able to get dice on a recurring basis sent to your door, and they have some beautiful-looking dice. We're also affiliates of Dice Envy, and if you use the special link in our show notes, you'll be able to... You all right? Yeah, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Did you forget something? No, I, I remembered something. What did you remember? That we need to go paintballing. Yes, we do. But anyway. Hopefully I won't get shot in the throat <laughs> like I did last time. Oof. Thirsty? She rarely gets a chance to come out here and drink yeah. without the baby bugging her. Remember, if you use the special link in our show notes, you will be able to get yourself a new set of dice and you'll help to fund our show just a little bit because we get a small percentage through our affiliation with Dice Envy. We also use sound effects from BattleBards. Go to BattleBards.com to check them out. Lots of great sound effects. And if you sign up for a Prime account, you'll be able to stream sounds for your own games, use their tools to help repair for games. And if you use our code STACK, you'll get a 20% discount. Check them out, BattleBards.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at StackAdice. Email us at stack.o.dice at gmail.com. Check out our sometime growing vardalon.wikia.com wiki in order to see more about the game world. I 
I've been falling down on it recently, but I've been very busy, and I hope to get back to that at some point. If you like our show, please let us know about it through a review. Check us out on any of the major podcasting app services, and rate us, review us. We'd love to hear from you that way. Definitely want to thank those of you who have been following our show. We'd love to have your ongoing listening, and we're thankful that you are devoting some of your mind share to us, that you're giving us your attention once a week, and we hope that you're liking the journey. I think a good question for us this week is, what makes your character happy? Michael. Food. Straight up. I mean, food. I don't know if it's the endorphins that are released from just it just hitting the tongue and coming into the system or if it's just the sheer like food is a comfort thing for for bash i mean on top of the just i mean the the flavors that uh, of explosion that's it's just absolutely fantastic i'm actually salivating now uh, i could go for like a really good lamb kebab or like a co- beef kofta right now oh my goodness but yeah. when couldn't you <laughs> yeah it's the food yeah it food makes him happy good peter what makes peter happy fame i would say peter. his work i mean his work his okay. like whenever he heals someone make making medicine stuff like that it's it, it's it's comfortable to him and it's always a joy to see people get better Damn. especially when it's by your hand, by Peter's hand. Oh yeah, especially by my hand, but really by anyone's hand is okay, as long as it's not Jerry who did it. Sorry, Jerry is my childhood rival, my imaginary childhood rival. Like, like, like Peter's rival. Yes. I've never heard of this. What's his name? Jerry. Jerry. Have you talked about Jerry before? I've never talked about Jerry before. Huh. Because I hate Jerry. I see. He's also imaginary. And Meredith. <laughs> um, hmm. Rocks. <laughs> no, it's that mare. <laughs> Chiswick. Yeah, okay. Chiswick uh, makes people, me happy. Where <laughs> people got that? That did seem funny. That that that's funny to be on a couple of levels, but we'll talk about that another time. Um. Um. I don't know. It sounds. Uh, a bit arrogant, I suppose, but I guess doing heroic things, being helpful, being useful, being, she has really kind of come alive on this trip. Uh, she, she liked being at home and, um, being helpful with the humans and, and, and kind of liaising between the humans and the dwarves and everything, but still always felt like that there was more for her to do. So realizing your potential. Yeah. Good. Yeah. It's important to remember these things because maybe it'll infuse the way you play them throughout the game. And we'll see how that affects hearing, you. Hearing that she, yeah, we had freed that village from the big baddie. Yeah. And 
anytime that we've gotten uh, uh, to the end of a fight and the village has a big celebration, she really kind of digs that, but not like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, she's not doing it for that sake. Virtue is its own reward almost. That's right. Yeah. I mean, she is folk hero. That's right, through Let's and through. Don't forget that. <laughs> I have to look back at my sheet sometimes and be like, what am I? <laughs> don't forget to play her like this. That's right. Well, we'll see how that affects your play as we head into this episode. Hello, stackers. I'm Rhett, the DM for this 5th edition D&D campaign. Set in the homebrewed world of Vardalon with me is... Meredith as to your iron stag. Hello, I am Michael, and I play Womberbash Benson Mom. Hello, Michael. Hello, Hi. Michael. Hi, Michael. Peter as Thane Greyhawk. <laughs> Last Greyhawk time... as Peter Thane. Thane as Greyhawk Peter... I don't remember. Last time, last time, last time, the party left the jungle and stumbled upon a humble farming village. There they found they had delivered the village of Chunang from the large beast that made its lair in the lost temple. In the village, they noticed a central shrine studded with large pieces of star stone. Womberbash decided to see what happened when he touched the stones and immediately regretted it. To recuperate, he went to the quiet of a hut and took some of his dwindling potion. Peter, Tira, and Thump remained outside when, from the trees, four riders emerged. Who's ready to tell a story? Me! Me! Me. Loosen up. In fact, <laughs> I need to loosen up, too. Yeah. <laughs> Not quite that loose. I'm going to loosen up. You said make yourself at home. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Tira, Peter, and for me, Thump, you're standing there when you hear the jingle of harness, and from the trees opposite you, four riders emerge. They seem to have been in mid-conversation when they come out into the clearing, but you're struck by several things. First of all, their horses are magnificent. They're well-proportioned, they're, they're obviously strong and well-maintained, and it's easy to tell who's in charge. He's a figure that wears a, uh, it would be a terrifying mask of a, of a helmet. What is that sound? I don't know. I think it's the drink. I think oh. it might be the uh, oh. sudsy popping. Yeah, she, she looks like a swill. I thought it was the cat over there doing something. No, no, no. She's over there now. I keep hearing this little. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was Mandy. Like finding crumbs or something, and then, but then she's over there, so yeah. I ain't it. Okay, I'm sorry. He wears an elaborate helmet that has a face mask and projections from the sides of the helmet. His armor is a deep reddish color, and it looks like it's an enameled series of plates. Large shoulder epaulets, and he carries a an odd, slightly curved sword with a with a uh, a chopped off tip on the end it's a it's basically a katana a winged hussar ignore me yeah you know like the samurai sword oh okay yep. got it and his those the other three riders with him are wearing similar styled armor but not quite as elaborate 
as they enter the clearing, they fan out and three of the, the, the three lesser riders get down from their horses and approach the village elder who has stood to go speak to them. I'm leaning towards Peter and Thump, I guess, and say, it seems like the village elder knows these men, but let's just keep an eye out just in case. Yeah, Thump is emanating a smell of vinegar. I don't think you have that one figured out. <laughs> it's on the list, but it has no meaning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it has meaning. Uh, the elder, as you see him, as you watch him from behind, he's walking away from you toward these figures. You can see his shoulders slump a little bit and he talks quietly with them. And when he's done, the three figures walk amongst the rest of the villagers who are standing very uncertainly there. And they point at several of the younger men and jerk their thumbs over their shoulders and the young men begin to step forward out of the villagers, and immediately some of the mothers begin to cry. Is the summaries nearby? He's n- nearby, yes. Okay. So I turn to him. Wait, what's happening? What is he saying? It's a draft. Good conclusion, Peter. Why don't you take an inspiration point? Asimaris speaks to somebody nearby, and he turns back to you and he says, Peter is right. There is apparently an army approaching. It threatens Tuonue, and they find themselves short of men. This is apparently a large force. They are conscripting the able-bodied of this village. But these are just boys. Some of them, yes. Some of them are not. You can see that there are roughly 15 to 30-ish is the range. Oh, that's the age? The, the age range, okay. yes. Not, not, <laughs> the, not the number. 15 to 30, 30 people. <laughs> no, <laughs> people. I was like, wow. Uh, in total, there are maybe six or seven out of the total number. Most villages are usually inhabited by about 300 to 500 people. Uh-huh. So, yeah, it, I, was, I was imagining it much smaller, but okay. It, it's much smaller than that. Yeah, you're looking at maybe a population of about 30 to 50. Yikes. So it's a significant number out of yeah. this village. Um, well, if this force threatens Tuonue, we're, we're on our way there. We don't want this army to to make it can we help ask if we can come he turns to one of the villagers who points to the elder and Asimaris trots over to the elder and begins speaking you can see him waving his hands and then he comes back and he says I suppose they might allow you to accompany them you are outsiders they don't know who you are well, we're the outsiders who just saved this village from a we know pretty who, significant threat. They know who we are, but the ones conscripting them do not. Well, can the elder speak for us? I was kind of hoping you'd do something here just to see, like, Tira go into a rage. I mean, if this culture is based on a culture that I think that they're based on, 
would Tyria even be welcome in that uh, in mm. that uh, army? And I say maybe we'll take Peter and dump. Mm, but true. you can stay behind. I'm just interested to see what those dynamics would be. Come on, Mulan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, your beard lets you play. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, what are we looking at here? <laughs> Hello, <laughs> men. <laughs> okay. Um, um, yeah. Okay. What just happened? I was going to say something and then he started talking. Let's summarize here. Went to talk to the elder. He said, right. uh, you are foreigners to them, to the conscriptors. Right. And go. I forget what I was going to say. It was going to be something. Thanks, cat. Yeah. Stinking cat. Um... Peter, you want to add anything? Nope. I'm just going to let Tira sit in awkward silence. Okay. <laughs> let it spiral horribly. Um, what about, who's the guy with uh, Assemblies again? The village elder? No, no, no. Um, that, B- Bakongo. Yeah, yeah. Is he is he willing to fight too? He he is staying well back. I see. Well, they need an advance party, right? Maybe we can go ahead of them. If if they don't, if we're not welcome with them, maybe we can go ahead and because we know the way to Tuanui. Well, no, to meet the army. Not to us. Not to engage them necessarily. But to scout them out. Yes. Yeah, we'll just throw ourselves into the front. We don't really know who's on whose side or who's well, fighting for what. Well, if you have a what. better idea, Peter, I'd love to hear it. Well, I was just thinking we could just head over to Tuanua and just see what the situation is in the city. We don't have to necessarily join up into the military. We could just follow these people to Tuanua saying we're travelers. Fine. Why do I always fall asleep and like... I have such awesome ideas. <laughs> you know what? I feel like Wombabash could contribute to this conversation. <laughs> I'm just to wake him up. I'm going to go wake him up. Yeah, well, actually, you know what? That makes sense. Because you know, these people show up and we're deciding whether to leave or stay. I'm actually going to go find uh, Wombabash and wake him up. Okay. You shake and nothing happens. Slap. You slap and nothing happens. Cure wounds on my hand and slap. Harder. <laughs> you both damage and heal him at the same time. <laughs> That's right. Kill him with kindness. Wait, what? You take negative three damage. Don't you have something to wake him? You have the potion. I have a mace. You you have the po- you gave him the potion that puts him into this state. Don't you have something that can counteract it? I don't know. The the stag guided my hands. I have no idea. I can't even remake, remake this potion if I tried. I don't know what it was made of. I, all I know is that there was the grass that he made, that he took, but I don't remember any of the other ingredients. I don't know how to counteract this. I'm just going to shake him, just like you know, both like I'm going to like st- like straddle him, grab both of his shoulders, and just like you know, shake him. Yes, you're gonna give him brain damage. <laughs> brain damage. Technical terms here. Um, <laughs> okay, I can give him brain damage with my mace. Mm. 
Peter, we want to wake him up. I'm the lawful good character as I punch his no unconscious kidding. form. I have an idea. Yes. I'm thinking maybe a life-threatening situation might cause me to jerk out of this state. Why don't you hold my mouth and plug my nose? I'm going to burn the, the hut down. And then, uh, you know, stopping me from breathing, and maybe I might get out of it that I'm way. Going to that burn. sounds like a lawful right. good character. I'm going to burn <laughs> the hut down. What I'm hut? kidding. The hut that he's lying inside of. He's lying in a hut? Yes. Oh. <laughs> Welcome back, Tira. <laughs> I missed that. I just thought he was... Pizza the Heart. Yeah. <laughs> or Jabba. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, you know what? That actually makes sense. Being a me- physician of sor- sorts. It's right sorts. next to the radio shack. <laughs> okay. Let me know if you see a radio shack. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. I'm going to just cover his nostrils and mouth and wait. Wamberbash, you have been so happy here (laughs) on your little dewy grass mountaintop retreat, just feeling the wind play across your face and the birds singing somewhere behind you. And you take in a deep breath and release it. And you just feel any tension that you were feeling draining away and you breathe in again. You feel the clean mountain air fill your lungs and scour out all the negative energy that you were feeling. And then you release that breath and you breathe in again and you stop short. You cannot breathe. Meanwhile, in the waking world, I'm standing over his unconscious form, force choking him. You start to see the world that you're in fade around you. And yet again, you find yourself forcibly lifting out of this dream state. (laughs) What are you doing? Waking you up. Welcome back. What's going on? We needed to talk to you. There's These men have just arrived out of the jungle. In the world? (laughs) Here, come come, come, with us. I'm sorry, Bash. Come with us, Bash. Yes, we, we need to talk about... What we're going to do. I actually didn't know Tira followed me. What's going on? These guys showed up, and uh, they they might be our, our ticket to Tuanoi. They're drafting people, and so they'll be heading back to the city, so we can just kind of follow what, them. What do you mean, drafting? What is that? There's, a, there's an evil into force the army. Uh, marching on the city, apparently. They say it's evil. It might be good. We don't know. So the, the evil people are drafting us? We we don't know who's on whose side, but all they all all I know is that they're heading back to Tuanue, and so they can basically lead us there. So they're drafting us to Tuanue. I don't know what drafting is. They're not, they're, okay. they're forcing men from this village to join them in repulsing the force that's coming towards them. But either way, they're heading towards Tuanue, and that's where we need to be. I don't. Let me get get out of here. I'm not really. I don't still don't understand. They may need our help. Oh, okay. But we certainly need theirs getting to the city, to one of the jewels of Edelin, so we can do our quest that the stag gave us. Wait a minute, who... Who are those boys with those those guys? Those are men of the village who have been drafted. Wait a minute, you said men were going, not boys. Well, some of them are boys. They look man enough. He... Ignore me. That, that kid right there is not a man. You can see them... Shuffling toward the edge of the clearing. Wait a minute, wait a minute. 
maybe 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 they can take me instead of that that kid. I've offered to, to go with them, but Asimiris doesn't seem to think that we'd be welcome in their army. I think we hey, need to. Asimiris, Asimiris, can can you tell them to stop? Tell them, tell them I'll take the place of that little kid right there. Asimiris looks over at you and then over at the at the group that's leaving. And again, heads over there as quickly as he can, catches up with the trailing horseman. And you can hear him, you can hear his voice echoing just enough to hear he's speaking across the clearing. The figure on the horse looks back, looks down at Asimri's, shakes his head, and follows behind the group. Come and on, guys, let's follow. Them. The last of them disappear into the trees. Take, a, take an inspiration point. This is not right. This is not right. I, I'm going to gather my things and I'm going to run toward the clearing. Let's follow them. Yeah. The group wends its way through this pathway. This is heading west and south, roughly. You're making your way through the day. Again, it's evening time, and so really within a couple hours of walking, they cover... This is much more open terrain. It's leaving the jungle toward the west, and you're able to make better time. You make it probably about eight hours or eight miles in that two-hour span. And you can see one of the lead horsemen, one of the three lesser horsemen, uh, has ridden ahead, and he's already set up something of a camp. Uh, It's basically a fire pit, and the... Men from the village have brought little parcels of food with them. Uh, basically, packets of rice and maybe some cut up pieces of meat. They don't look terribly happy, all six of these villagers, but they don't look surprised either. Um, what are the? Can you tell me what the ages are of the villagers? I know there's one. What fifteen? Yeah, old? one is about fifteen. A couple maybe in the seventeen or eighteen age range, and the other four are in their twenties or thirties. So you have a total of seven. Three of them younger, four of them older. I'm gonna sit with the three younger one, mm-hmm. younger ones, while we're there. Um, hang on. I, uh, I don't know what they're saying, but, uh, I'm just going to sit with them and hang out with them. Okay. You eat with them and, uh, every now and then you hear them quietly talking amongst each other and maybe you'll nod or just, you're feeling strangely connected to them in spite of the language barrier. Man, I wish Asimiris was here. I don't understand a word these people are saying. Can I make an intelligence check to learn some of their language? Because I'm also kind of sitting amongst them. You've used this in the past. Why don't we go ahead and do that? Give me an intelligence check with a DC of 16. Oh, dear. Inspiration. Oh. oh my. Natural one. 
you have insulted their ancestors. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't say anything aloud. <laughs> it doesn't matter. That's a natural one. You can tell you what. <laughs> you say something trying to mimic what they're saying, and you accidentally say something very bad because they, they all draw back from you. It's the equivalent of me mimicking you and Rhiannon's Chinese when you're talking in the back of the car. And I just mimic the sounds and you all go, this hurts, this hurts. Yeah, it's, I know your heart is good, Peter, but you just, you completely botch whatever it is you're trying to say. That natural one. There's an awkward silence around the campfire for a moment and then conversation resumes. (laughs) Uh, Bash, uh, you're enjoying your meal. Tira, what are you doing? Um, I suppose I'm sitting with the older ones. I don't know. I, I don't know what I'm doing, actually. Okay, I'm, I'm that's fine. sure. Where's Thump? Thump is with you. He is... <clears throat> he is standing off at a distance. It... He's been getting some awkward glances from the others. And it's not like they're being mean or disrespectful, but they he is such an unknown entity. No one here has apparently seen anyone like him. He is a deity. Hey, Thump, why don't you come, come sit next to me, man? He looks at you, and you can see he's very hesitant. Come on, it's okay. He takes a tentative step forward, and... You can see him almost raise his hands and he's looking from side to side at the rest of the group. When he sees that they're not really doing anything, he takes another step and then another. And then he comes and sits down heavily next to you and you can smell that vinegar smell. And uh, I'm going to make sure they kind of are looking at me when I do this, but I'm going to take some of the food that I've been eating and I'm going to hand it to, 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 to Thump so he can eat it. His warm eyes look at you with gratefulness and he takes it from your hand and eats it vinegar huh so now he's your pet in their eyes you just fed your your pet discomfort maybe maybe nervousness maybe i don't know what about the sweat it might mean more than one thing or it might anxious you know it could mean somewhere in that range you're starting to get spectrum here But after that, after he sits down and it's obvious he's not a threat or he's not going to do anything outrageous, conversation slowly resumes. Right. I'm I'm not really sure what what I want to be doing here. She's sitting in the background buffering right now. It's about 8 o'clock at night now, you think? Yeah. uh, 7 or 8-ish. The... Jungle, you're in very lightly forested area, so it's not the thick jungle that you were in yesterday. So the sounds, the, the nighttime sounds are quite a bit less intense than they were in the jungle temple. Tira? Oh, I was just going to say, I, actually, if, I think I'm, Tira's just a little bit, I don't know, disgruntled at the moment. Um... Having been overruled as far as what she wanted to do, I guess. Um, and I don't know, just maybe a little uncomfortable with just not being able to communicate with these people and, and just 
kind of have to go along and see what happens kind of thing. I'm not mm -hmm. really fond of that. Well, while you're stewing, mm -hmm. the enameled armored guy waves his hand at one of the lesser soldiers who immediately barks a command. And you can see the, the six, the seven villagers grumbling rise to their feet and he has them line up in two ranks so that one has three, one has four. And then he shouts commands to them and you can see them turning and turning back. And basically he's drilling them a little bit, trying to get them started and getting into the mindset. So there's some education now that they've had some food and they're not marching anywhere. He's trying to run them through some preparatory stuff. I'm going to, I'm going to mimic, I'm going to stand behind their two Are they in one line? Two, two, two ranks. Okay, I'm going to stand as a third one. Okay. And I'm going to try my best to listen to the commands, mimic it, so I can kind of learn the left face, right face, yep. maybe about face, stuff like that. Okay. And Peter, you're definitely able to pick up on this too. I know your language proficiency from previous encounters, so it doesn't take much for you to... Uh... I think I've also joined into the marching. Okay. So yeah, you start to pick up left and right make sense of those words and even an about or turn around kind of idea. Uh, and then they start doing some punching exercises where they're actually doing some shadow boxing style stuff. And this goes on for maybe 30 minutes at the end, all of you who are participating have a sheen of sweat on you. It's still hot, even though you're not in the jungle, uh, it you're, it was an exertion for you. How many words did I learn? Left, right, turn about, and maybe attack. And you know from a summaries that their language is called Huingen. Okay. After the exercise period, the enamel figure waves his hand once more and the command comes from the same one who did the drilling to bed down for the night. Yeah, I think, um, I think one of us should take a, a watch. It'll probably be in addition to whatever watch they're doing, but I just, I think one of us should do it, especially since we don't know their language and stuff. I'll take the first watch. I, I was going to say, I'll do it. Bash, you, you okay, haven't had you. any rest. Okay, thank you. I appreciate that because I, I would like to have some rest. <laughs> yeah, you haven't had any rest and I have. I'll take the first watch. Okay. Time passes. You do get the benefits of a long rest. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Except for Womber, Bash. What? <laughs> <laughs> you wake up in the morning far earlier than you want with, <laughs> with uh, the sounds of people being kicked awake. Not kicked hard, but nudged. And within minutes, the campfire is scattered, people are back on the road, and you're making your way throughout the day. This time, they are picking up the pace. The horses are at a light trot. And even the villagers are trotting along, trotting along, and you're able to make much better time. So you're actually making about six miles an hour. And by the time noon arrives the sun is directly overhead the day is hot and humid clouds of biting insects plague your every step 
and the oppressive thickness of the air leaves you gasping. The only saving grace is that the breeze plays across you as you go. You come to a rise, and as you hit the top of that rise, you look across open fields to see a beautiful scene. First, nearest to you are low-lying fields soaked in water. You can see people in the same broad hats that you saw in the village, leaning over their work in these fields, their implements churning up the mud around delicate green plants. Beyond them is a clear blue lake that sparkles in the sunlight. Are they ladies in that in those in those? Perhaps. Fields? If if they are, their hair is done up under the hats. Its calm waters are undisturbed so that everything nearby and the clouds in the sky are reflected on the shimmering surface. Finally, on the far side of the lake is a magnificent city. Small houses with steeply pitched roofs and eaves that extend significantly beyond the walls cluster neatly around wide, clean roads. Here and there you can see elegant towers with stacks of colorful curved roofs climbing above their surroundings. The quiet scene is one of order and peace, and the exotic touches and bright accents seem to meld into the vibrant colors of the rich earth. Trees with intricate, lacy flowers droop along the roads, their pink and white petals shimmering in the breeze that comes from the east. Welcome to Tuonue. I've never seen anything like this before. Neither have I. I, This is definitely a different part of the world than I've ever seen. I have. You've been here? No, I'm kidding. I haven't. Oh. I grew up here. I do this thing all the time. You make your way closer to the city. There's no wall here. Uh, It appears to be, I don't know, maybe they just have a good enough standing force that they're able to keep the city without needing a protective wall. Whatever the case, it's all open. And as you approach the city, the detachment the conscripted gang peels off from you and heads toward what you assume is a barracks or something like that, where you can see other equally confused looking people being gathered together into a, a courtyard inside of a, a, what looks like maybe a training area. Hmm. But the city lies before you and you are free to do whatever you like. I feel bad for those kids. So do I, but we can't worry about them right now. They're in good hands. You saw them train last night. They seem like they're fine. Hey, I I wanted to tell you guys something. What's that? After seeing those those kids being taken away from their families, it made me think, and I want to apologize for the way I acted toward you guys. I just, I felt like I was betrayed and I, and I thought you guys were being really mean to me, but now I understand that we just we had to get here. But I I, I hate I hate small spaces. I I, I just I I, I I I can't I can't be in small spaces. But I, I'm sorry. We understand. I'm sorry too, Bash. I I wish we could have found a way to to get here without having to go through all that, but. At the time, I just couldn't think of anything else. I, you guys are the only family that I, that I got, and so I, 
I just I, I just needed to let you know. Tira Kent is at loss for words. I can imagine. Just kind of looks at I'm Bash. at a loss for words. I know. <laughs> just kind of looking at Bash with an unfamiliar lump in her throat. I'm hungry. There he is. We'll <laughs> uh, find something. Yeah, they're further into the city. I'm assuming you're continuing as you talk. I suppose so. Yeah. You do smell baking bread and maybe some more savory smells. I smell happiness from from uh, from thumb. <laughs> oh, from thumb. <laughs> Baking uh, bread, right? Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, contentment. Uh, and you do pass a stall, and it looks like they're selling a a nice, almost a a golden colored broth that's filled with thick white noodles. Are those sticks with bugs on them? Where do you see that? Right over there. Look. There's like a bunch of bugs on a stick. Is Are, are they eating that? You do see somebody picking at a bug on a stick, eating it. I, I suppose protein sources are few I, and far between <laughs> out here. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to go find me some shade on a stick. <laughs> I'm going to have a bowl of the noodle broth, I guess. Hey, okay. what are those white things that they're frying up right there? Dumplings. They're called jiaozi. Ignore me. <laughs> those jiaozi. <laughs> See, like that. That's they, what happens when you try to speak their language. <laughs> that, 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 they smell good. Can I have... How do you tell them I want... I want five of those. I don't know. I guess just hold up your hand. I'm a, hold up. Five. He stops cooking. <laughs> you hold up your hand, and the, uh, the, the cook there just kind of like looks up and hesitantly high-fives you. <laughs> uh, he oh, understands no. what you're getting at. Uh, so total for food, if you're all getting some food, yeah. I'll say it's a silver between the... Here, I'll pay for that. I have the four 700 silver. Yeah, right. Uh, that inclu- it up, that includes Thump, who is also... Starting, starting to emanate smells of his own again. He's trying to match the smells of the area. You've mm-hmm. you've smelled him testing the smell of the blossoms on the trees. You've smelled him now with the different kinds of foods, and he's beginning to learn the language of this area. Now Peter has taken an interest in that big old in that in that uh, sword that that uh, armored guy had back in the village. Basically. Now that I'm a paladin, I need to have a long sword and not a mace. Mm. So, I want to get a long sword. Okay. You definitely you're in the right part of town for that. You see a weapon shop nearby. Uh, it's when I say shop, it's not a building. It's more like a stall with a. Come uh, and get your swords. Extra sharp cuts right through them. <laughs> Ignore me. It's a stall with a, with an open table in it and a little bit of cloth-covered shade above. Shade on a stick! <laughs> so you want to head over? Yeah. Wait, I, Peter, where are you going? There. To the bathroom, I'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> Library! <laughs> Library. You do need to find that, don't you? I guess. We need to find the Library. <laughs> Okay. Uh, you're at the stall, Peter, and you see several blades laid out. None of them look like the style that you're familiar with. 
Uh, they all seem to be of the same design. They're long and slightly curved with squared off ends on them. However, you are especially impressed by the quality of the metal. You see that there is a marbling in the metal that you've not really seen before. Well, that looks fancy. That's that's a that's a Damascus blade. A what? Where's Damascus? That, that's a Damascus blade. Look, it's like mine on my short sword. Look, but mine doesn't have the same. That, that, that I read in my book. They 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 use like a like an acid, and it like it like brings out the the different. They they, they take the and they 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 fold the metal a bunch of times, and and then when it's polished, it shows that they have to get. It, I that, yeah, that's. Look, I have it too, but I you can't see mine because they I don't think they put acid on my blade. How much for this one? Fifty million dollars. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I've got set, I've got according to my character sheet, seven arts, which is my form of writing, seven works of art, but I don't remember what grade of like how much each of them is worth because you're carrying seven works of art around yeah, like, like, like like little <laughs> idols or something like that from from, from, yeah. from from like from like one i think this was when i rated that captain's yes ship. that's right that's and right so i got seven pieces of works of art thing 25 each okay so yeah i've got some money along with 80 gold pieces. do you want to tell me what those look like what okay or so what one of them looks like I assume that being uh, raiders along uh, the coast of Muwaka, that um, I'm, I'm guessing like uh, maybe a mask or two, uh, like some kind of idol made out of ebony or something, um, and set with some minor precious stones or something like that. Okay, yeah, it's it's a well carved piece of ivory. In what shape? A turtle. Okay. It's a turtle carving. And I've got like seven pieces of yeah. When you show it to the owner of the stall. I collect turtles. <laughs> he says something excitedly and he holds out his hand. And he's, he waves his hand over the table of his stall. So like that, like my turtle for anything? I'm getting a longsword. Does he have a longsword? There is a katana that is that the color of the metal is almost a bluish color. Blue steel. Hmm. With that uh, with that same marbling, and then etched into the blade around the where the hilt connects are some characters in Huingen. He said characters, not symbols. Yes. Okay. It's an object-oriented language. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I get both ends of that. I got none of it. You pick yeah. up, you pick up the blade. The handle is just long enough for you to fit a second hand on it if you want it. Um, and it it sounds silly, but as you move the blade through the air, you can almost hear it—the wind passing over it. There's almost a light musical tone to it as you swing it. Just like in the movies. Just so swinging it in the air makes a whooshing sound. Okay, so I'm going to... I'm sorry, one more time with the book. It's 
It is effectively a longsword. Nice. But I want to make sure of something. Okay. Yeah, it's it's the same stats as a longsword. It is a versatile weapon, and if you wield it with both hands, it does 1d10. Yes. Okay. Okay. Otherwise, it's 1d8. Well, I'm going to press my turtle into this kind, kind man's hand, and I'm going to take the sword from this kind, kind man's so stand. Stand. That's what I ruined my rhyme. Aww. Oh. It, does it have a scabbard or a sheath as well? It does. It does. It's two boards of wood that are bound with colored ribbon. And he shows you how to tie it to your belt. And basically, it's done in a way that it's a downward draw. So it's down and... Yeah, your your draw is straight up. So but that, you don't look right doing it. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm because I'm, I'm It takes you some time to, to get the grace of it. But after a few attempts, you do have it. And on the upside, I'm proficient in all weapons. There you go. Congratulations. Because when I was a kid, I played with a whole bunch of sticks of varying sizes. There you go. And weights. Yes. <laughs> you lifted weights? No. <laughs> That's for nerds. He takes the little turtle figure and he turns around and he opens a little cupboard <laughs> and there's several other little carvings and things and he puts it right there he makes a little space for it and puts it right next to all of them i call this noah's ark <laughs> <laughs> okay you now have a sword tira is there anything you want to do are you just chewing on some food still <laughs> enjoying your food i am fresh out of ideas tonight that's for fine some no that's I'm fine so sorry you, i just want to make sure you don't have something you wanted to do yeah. Bash, you're still eating. Maybe a little, <laughs> little interested in the sword Peter's just picked up. Yeah, I'm like, that's really cool. <laughs> hey, can I hold it? Now with all that grease all over my hands. Yeah, exactly. Or so I would run you through. As you continue to move around through the city, you see that Tuonue is something of a city of temples. Seems like every street has at least a small shrine in it. Every corner contains at least a tiny shrine large enough to hold some sort of carved figure, all of which seem to represent a single being. They all look the same. Most of these tiny figures are painted in bright colors, but the passage of believers' fingers on the heads has flecked away the paint, enough to reveal a rich, dark wood underneath. And so you're seeing these little, almost like, tiny sized buildings at each corner and there's a little figure inside of it. Can I make a, like a, a religion check to just kind of di- you know, divine more of their religion based off like sure. the construction of the shrine, while you're the rolling, yeah, resources you, made used to make the, the idol and all that stuff. While you're rolling that, Tira, do you, did you want to do something? Well, I was going to ask you, do we recognize... Are any of these figures reminiscent of anything we know about? Do any of these harken back to any of the theology we've been learning along this along the way? That's all false. What is your total, Peter? Thirteen. That's fine. You can tell that they are all, again, representing a single being, and something about the representation does look somewhat like the depictions you saw in the tomb of the mummy 
my hand shrinks away from the idol as I like <coughs> rub it off in some water or something to rub the heathenism off of my hands. The hedonism. The, the, the paganism ah. off of my hands. The paganism. Peter is looking uncomfortable. Peter's looking uncomfortable around all these statues. And now look. I give each of the now I give each of the little shrines like a bit of a berth whenever we pass by one. Well look look at this one here. It looks I remember seeing something similar in that mummy's tomb. Do you see that, Bash? Yeah. It does look like it a little bit. Peter, what's wrong with you? Pagans. I, th- I think, haven't we learned enough about the past on this trip so far to know that there's more than one idea out there? How do you know yours is the right one? We've encountered, been we've like encountered so much. It's been like this since the beginning. There can't be one God. The beginning of your life, that's all you know. Hey, you guys, we need to find a library. I just saw a beautiful See? woman. Yeah. gets it for once. I just saw a beautiful woman. Wombabesh <laughs> gets it for once. He gets it. Come on, Wombabesh, let's go to the library. We gotta find, we gotta find like, a book or something. We'll go to the library and ask about the Jewels of Adeline. How do we ask for the library in this we place? We know what the Jewels of Adeline are! We're no longer asking about the Jewels <laughs> of Adeline! I, I know, I was just laying out what we always hey, uh, do for no reason in particular. Excuse me, uh, so, sorry, I, I know you have no idea what I'm talking about, but like, and I, I'm going to pull out my scroll of, um, of Veld, and I'm going to like unroll it and roll it back up and point to it and and like go like, where can I find, trying to hit the convey, where do I'm I, like, where can I'm, I find I'm, I'm something like flapping like my book open and closed <laughs> just to add to the weirdness of this scene. You want scene. me to do a uh, check to see if I convey anything? <laughs> <laughs> you also insult their ancestors. Hang on. My scroll, the ruminations of Veld. Asking how to get to the library? Oh, I I think the restrooms are back there. Asking about okay. the bathrooms. <laughs> you snag somebody who's not quite lounging, but is there. Maybe he's at a table with some interesting-looking scrolls rolled out. That's what draw, draws you to him in the first place. It's a low table, and he's kneeling at it on a little cushion under the shade of one of the trees here in, in this open area of the city. And he looks up somewhat distractedly as you approach, Bash. Pardon me, do you speak Edeline? He, you see him contemplate what you said for a moment. And I really hope I don't mess this up. Oh, no. <laughs> he says, I do. Uh, do you know, do you know uh, with the... <laughs> <laughs> Captain Blodgett? <laughs> Do you know where the library is? Or- I suppose a library. <laughs> what are you doing? See, I... I don't understand. 
first of all, it's a sensitive thing to try to imitate yeah. a I, an Asian person that, trying to speak English. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's really what I'm trying to avoid. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to sound like a summaries. We are definitely doing I, I some. I could editing. try this, and then you could just like yeah. you know, edit my voice or something like that. Hmm? Okay. So like, what am I supposed to say? Put a little bass in his voice too. Just mm-hmm. yeah, make me sound like a man, please. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Um, how about not many here speak this language? I asked him where the library was. Yes, he's starting to make sense of what you're saying. Not many here speak that language. It is good to meet someone who does. So it is good to meet someone that does. You seek the library? So you seek the library? Yes, I I do. Do Do you know where it is? Or some other place that holds books and scrolls? We do not have a library as such. We do not have a library as you define it. But we have a monastery where great learning is stored. But we have a monastery where we store our knowledge. Perhaps you will follow me there? Will you follow me? He, follow stands, he stands up and collects his various scrolls and things. You can see he was laying out some, almost like a, a building diagram. It looked like he was planning a new project or some kind of construction for the city. I rolled up architect. (laughs) Architect Smurf. So that's it. He stands and he looks at you expectantly. Are you ready to go? I go with him. No, say it. Are you ready to go? I could do that. Yeah. Where's the Asian accent in all this? That's fine. Not That's everything. Fine. Not I'll, every, not I'll everything, alter your voice. Yeah, not everything just like sounds hey. oh so overtly Asian. Like, wait a second. How are we gonna read this thing if we find what we're looking for? Asimaries is I our answer. Know. He's not with us. Will we go back to the village? You will see. You will see. You will see. You will see. He you begins see. to head further into the city, and now. Like I, I think I mentioned it in the description, the the city actually exists on the lower slopes of a mountain. <clears throat> and so you're actually going up some of the slope here. The, the road, it's a very neatly constructed cobblestone. It's not like the bumpy cobblestones that you remember in Flenmore. Are we going all the way up? Like, are we going to like some... Yeah! Okay. The 7,000 steps to... Where is it? What is it called? The the 7,000 steps to High Hrothgar. It is a broad road at first, but eventually as the buildings begin to peter out on the upper slopes, uh, the trail becomes... The, the road becomes more of a trail and then stone steps set into the mountainside and he leads you and leads you and leads you. And you're reminded of your original trip up the mountain in way back over when. in our, yeah, 40 weeks ago, 36 weeks ago. Yeah. 
But like this one seems smaller and there's no railing. There wasn't a railing before either, but yeah, it's a, it's a narrower staircase. Every now and then there's a little stone alcove that's been built alongside that has little scrolls of paper rolled up and stuck inside and maybe burned out candles and that sort of thing. And some red ribbons tied to the top of each, but you make your way up and after probably a good 40 minutes of climbing steadily. And it looks like this guy has made this trip lots of times because he doesn't stop. He doesn't pause. He's hardly out of breath when you get to the top. Can't say the same for all of you. <laughs> I won't say, won't name any names, but some of you are glad for the stop at the end. Hey, you I'm find strong. <laughs> tough and, as the mountain, right? And stu- super constitutional. <laughs> uh, you stop outside some gates. There's a red frame around the gates that sticks up above them and then the the dark wood of the gates from over the wall and this is a wall that surrounds the monastery inside you can hear something a whole herd of cats you can hear a throaty chant that goes on and on and if there are words in the droning sound They're impossible for you to work out. With that, as you are all gathered here on the front step, the the person, your guide, leans against the door and it quietly opens inward, inward, to reveal a courtyard that's empty of people. Opposite, there's a low building with a peaked roof and the sound that the chanting sound seems to be coming from inside there. Is the air thinner here? It's not quite, not quite that high up. It's not to the top of the mountain. It is however on a, on a small piece of the mountain that's jutting out. Uh, it is a, it's not a huge area. Uh, you're looking at maybe, a 100 square foot, well, no, let's make that 300 square foot courtyard. And the building on the far side is impressive in its design, but not big. Now what? We knock on the door. Your friend, uh, he has introduced himself on the climb as Ang Chen. Guides you to the steps of the building opposite you. And the voice gets steadily louder as you approach. He bows before he enters and he slips his shoes off and then goes up the stairs and pauses at the top and beckons to you. I do, I do the, the same. same. I didn't have shoes on to begin with. I have wrappings. I'm not taking them off. I, I peel the wrappings off of his feet. I think you need to take your, your wrappings off. I can't take these off. They're like wrapped all around my foot and up my halfway up my foot and my leg. So I'm sure they'll wait. Uh, so I sit down on the ground and I'm <laughs> unwrapping my run, 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 around run. my uh, calves and down to my feet and off and everything else. And that is a really long ferret skin. He's taking his sweet, sweet time about it too. <laughs> He's like glaring at me the entire time. <laughs> he gets them off. 
What are some gnarly looking feet? <laughs> They're the most beautiful feet you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, Pristine. I, I do have hair on top of my toes. <laughs> He's a hobbit. At long last, your little pile of skins is there next to Tira's boots and Peter's, I guess, boots Greaves. also. Greaves. Greaves, okay. And you make your way barefooted into the room. The door to this place, you can see, has been slid back on both sides. And instead of glass or wood, like you're used to saying, it's a, a thin paper. You enter the room and you see several figures kneeling in this room. And they seem to be talking to each other, but through this droning chant that you heard outside. Your friend bows to both of you and then quietly steps back against the wall. I stand there looking lost. I feel like we shouldn't be here. I start doing some jumping jacks. There comes a time, maybe a, a minute or two after your arrival, when the droning comes to a stop, and you can see your guide, Ang Chen, step forward, and he speaks quietly with one of the figures. He is an old man white hair, although he's bald on top. He stands up seemingly with no difficulty whatsoever, which is somewhat surprising. But he stands, his hands are tucked into the opposite sleeve in front of him. He bows to you, and he smiles gently, and you just feel a peace wash through you. He says something in his language, and your guide says... What, what do you want me to say? The Grand Master wishes to welcome you. Oh, I thought you wanted me to like make something up that sounded Chinese-ish. Okay, so the Grand Master wishes to welcome you. The Grand Master wishes to welcome you. Thank you. It, it's an honor, sir. He wishes to know why you have come. He wishes to know why you have come here. We are looking for... Well, we, we are studying the jewels of, Edel, of Edelin. And we were wondering if you have anything up regarding them. He relates what you have said. And after... After some quiet conversation between them, the Grand Master says something else, and Ang Chen says, We do not know that term. We do not know that term. Ask him if you have any scrolls about the history of this part of the world or the history of the star stones suddenly the grandmaster's cat slinks into the yeah. so I kind of made up some characters to go with the words that I learned along with their uh, That's cool, Bella. opinion-ish stuff 
Okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so. I'm sorry, what was the last? I, I asked, ask him if they have any information on the history of Tuol, is it, what? Uh, Tuol Nui. is the city that we're, okay. Dahuin. Dahuin is the country. Country. The country. Okay. Or, or maybe more specifically about crystal pillars. Ooh, yes. Anything about crystal pillars? Well, oh, Ong Chen can understand yeah, all of it. Yeah, me. yeah, duh. He speaks again, and you see on the Grandmaster's face, he immediately brightens, and Ong Chen relates to you. Yes, we, we have a song that we sing sometimes. We have a song that we sing sometimes. Wait, no. Yeah, that's fine. He, he said, yes, that there's a song that they sing sometimes. When we are done with our ablutions, we will sing that next. When we finish our ablutions, we will sing that one next. And so the priests in this room stand and they, they go over it. You can smell this heavy incense smell. And again, Thump is standing there trying to generate that same smell. And with that ritual complete, they go back to kneeling on their worn places on the floor. And the grandmaster begins, he is the kind of like on bagpipes, you have that sustaining note. He is that note. He, mm-hmm. he, he does the rebreathing exercise mm-hmm. and that leads to that throaty rumbling drone. And then the other's voices work around that to form the song. And as they chant, Ang Chen, who is standing there, begins to translate. And I'm going to ask Michael to read this. All light is divine. Though some cleanse and purify, heed these words, my son. And the high mountains, sense of lilac on warm winds, carry away woe. Lying on my back, long grass tickling at my cheek, smooth stone underfoot. A stream bubbles by, sweet waters laughing and bright fall in curtained mist. From here I can see the land of Duohin spread out in a tapestry fine. Across the gorges to the north pillar fine stands in pillar and crystal splendor. It rises high, light, cuts dark, pushes back shadows so it flees in shame. Two more such I know, great pillars standing proudly, though in distant lands. The first was eastward in islands warmed by the sun, Kisra of boats. Far north the other, Troon and inhospitable, dark with ice and snow, these all stood in light like beacons in great storm that guide wanderers home. My heart grows cold at thoughts of the dark pillars. Let all learn from me. One lay to the north. Upon my travels there, the mountains grew so cold. An uncouth people gave that sad land a sad name. It was Wunhaide. The other I found in a place of thick jungles and creeping creatures. Here the pillar stood deep in rank and clutching vines, shrouded Munuka. 
I fled these places, cold fear chasing my heels, ready to be home. My lesson, my son, seek the light only, for dark leads but to despair. Dark places and creeping creatures? Is this that what is you said? all in haiku. I am so... <laughs> wow. Okay. I had fun writing it. <laughs> <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds like the temple we were in in the jungle. I'm thinking one of those dark pillars is what the bowing statues were facing. I didn't even put that together. It seemed obvious to me. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> dumb, dumb. Simple, simple bash. <laughs> You're so cute. <laughs> <laughs> I think Thane is making connections over here. Is Thane making connections? Thane's making connections. Connect Thane! Absolutely genius. Hey, how do we write this down? Yeah, um, I actually I actually have one of my rolls of parchment out. All right, and I'm um, recording it what as. What's our friend's geez. name again? Ang Chen. Ang Chen. Ang Chen, can you ask them if they would allow us to make a copy of this? I've been writing it down during the song. Yeah, he was jotting quickly. Um, Peter, you should ask permission before you start copying people's ancient religious texts. They're willing to tell us, so. Singing it out loud for you is a lot lot different from letting you take a written copy of it. How dare you, Peter. (laughs) Shame on me. I would think you, as a religious man, would know the ins and outs of this kind of thing. You can't just take away... Yeah, I've got the Vashamite badge. I could just flash it and, you know, do whatever I want. I'm going to walk up to Ong Chen and roll back my sleeve to expose my, um, my... bracelet with my stone and hold it up and of course it's glowing with the red color and i'm going to show it to the grand the grand master and, and ask uh, ong chen has has he seen a stone like this before does he does he know what this is and from where it comes the answer comes back it appears to be like the pillar he described has he ever seen one oh then repeat that in your accent i'm sorry what was that He's forgotten he's supposed to be listening. Sorry, I was... He was geeking out over the poem. It appears to be like the pillar he described. That appears to be like the pillar he described. Has, has he seen a stone like this before? He has, but they have always been coveted and protected. Thane. He has, but they have always been coveted and protected. Sort of like that that building in that village. Absolutely. Right. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hmm. 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 So, hmm. with that... The Grand Master thanks you for your visit through Ang Chen. And he apologizes through him, but they have other duties that they have to attend to. 
And so Ang Chen bows deeply and ushers you out back into the courtyard where all your gear is. Hey, you have any one of those extra ablutions? I'd like to have one. (laughs) (laughs) Marvabesh is paying for indulgences. (laughs) (laughs) Suddenly, a man named Martin Luther drops down. He is very angry. Hmm. Okay, um, so you, you're free to talk about the poem if you want. You're free to... It seems clear to me that we were in one of those places where the dark pillar was. We didn't see the pillar. I mean, it was probably covered in vine off in the jungle, but that... Where, where, where would it say that, Peter? I talked about the dark pillar and creeping creatures and... Let me see here. Um, the other I found... In a place of thick jungles and creeping creatures. He's just describing a place where he found one of these yeah, pillars. Thick yeah. jungles but what does and it say? creeping creatures. Here the pillar stole, stood deep in rank and clutching vines, shrouded wuluha. So That sounds exactly like where we were. The place was overgrown. There were creeping creatures. We fought them. We had to kill them and, and, and fight them off. Uh, Ang Chen, what is this wuluha that... It talks about, or where is it? Because it sounds a lot like Muwaka to me. And I know the Chinese, like, uh, at the very least, a lot of the names of other places, they just phonetically break down into the different word sounds, like Maryland is Malilan. In Edeline, I think it would be Muwaka. In Edeline, I think it would be Muwaka. Okay, so we also have Wun Haida, Kisra, and Trun. Let's see here, what do I know about the countries? Wun Haida sounds a lot like Vontheider. Vontheide, like the language I know, the country that I went to for a couple of years back. Kisra. Where where did where where did Asimiri say he was from? Kassara? Kassara. I think so. And Trun. Trun. I heard I heard like s- the planet Dune or Arrakis. <laughs> <laughs> I heard stories from long ago about a great warrior who came from a land called Trand. I've never yeah. heard of that. It's far to the north, far north from here. Wasn't it? Or so I mentioned heard. about far to the north in there. So he's uh, so far north. The other true in the inhos- in the inhospitable dark with ice and snow, and then there's also uh, Wunheide was an uncouth people gave that sad land a sad name. Uh, Vontide is not a sad land. <laughs> I mean, is it, it was, a sad name though? It was, no, it's not a sad. What name. does it mean? It was, it was just kind of sad, I guess, treating the people with that blister foot. But anyway, that's unimportant what? right now. Um, back when he was younger, before any of this, Peter went on like kind of like a missionary-ish journey, but it was more like Red Cross type stuff. Where he there was like an outbreak of you know a, a blister foot disease in Von Heide. So he and uh, Physic Comfrey went up to Von Heide to help treat that, and that's how I know um, Fever Few. And a couple other guys spread throughout Edeline 
that we may meet later that I don't even know myself right now. But Peter does. He knows a guy. I know a guy. Yeah. <laughs> Probably more than three, though. So. Yeah. Okay, so like, what does all this mean? I guess this is telling us the places of each of the pillars. It's, okay. it, it literally just tells us. But I mean, okay, so if we've been to a place where there was a pillar, did we see any... That that place wasn't mentioned in any of these. Like, so we got Trand, Kassara, Von Haida, and Mwaka. Can you go back? Do you have the other poems handy? Uh, I have them right there. I've got the one from the Desert Sage here. How about the crow and butterfly? Yep, I've got that one too. The dog and the butterfly? I have the crow and butterfly one. Once long ago, Crow and Butterfly were best friends, but they are not as you know them now. I found a friendship signed by the structure. Hang on. Figures of light wrestled with a figure of darkness. As they fought, their voices rang out in song. Uh, a song that twisted and fought alongside them. He's The dark figure one. One settled... One he settled in Darwin. Darwin? Let me see. Let me see. Right there. Darwin of the setting sun. Sent by the destruction, butterfly guided the glowing pieces of light down to the land, helping them set, helping set them in a place without further damage. Two, he placed in lands of ice. One, he guided to the islands of the rising sun to the east, so that sounds like star. And one, he settled in Darwin of the setting sun. Darwin. That would be to the west. Darwin of the setting sun. One, he set in Darwin, but here it says Kassara. Trand, Muwaka, Von Heide. That's where, that's where he... Hang on. All light is divine, though some cleanse and purify. He, the words, my son. In the in the high mountains, sense of light like on warm winds, carry away woe. Lying on my back, long grass trick, tickling my cheek, smooth stone underfoot, a stream bubbles by a laughing and very fall and curtain mist. From here I see the land Delqueen spread out, a tapestry fine across the gorges, to the north, the pillar fine stands in crystal splendor. It rises high. Light cuts dark, pushes back shadow, so it flees in shame. Two more, such I know. Great pillars standing proudly, through, though in distant lands. The first is these the islands warmed by the sun. Kiss it out of the boats. Are you going to reread the entire thing? What are you getting well, at? I, I'm reading through it for my own thing. It was, what's the word you just said? Tawin? Dawin. Dawin. Dawin is there. Where? Did you read it? Yeah, yeah. So he was talking about Dawin. So he was just sitting. He was just sitting on top of a mountain, and it was just Dawin was laid out before he came. That was he was just well, looking out over like the land. Dar- but then, da- but then, yeah, yeah. So I mean, he was he wasn't Dawin. We're in Dawin. He was probably on top of this mountain for all we know. But from here, he saw the crystalline, the crystalline pillars in other lands. Because he never mentions any of them in Dalhuin. He was just saying Dalhuin spread out before him like a like a tapestry fine. And then he sees across the gorges to the north of... Wait. Can I see any gorges from here? Yeah, can we get higher? You can get a little bit yeah, higher. Maybe, maybe another, another hour would get you to the peak. Uh, from here, though, you can see gorges... To the north. And anything beyond them? Um, time of day is... Let's see, you got here around 
noon. I mean, we actually we actually didn't stay the night there, and it was about five or so while we were at the village, and then we went along. So. You arrived here around yeah. noon. You've been in town for about an hour or so. Uh, it took you an hour to climb up here, so it's about two, maybe three in the afternoon. Looking to the north from here, you can see gorges, and you, in the distance, you can see through some haze, you see some pretty tall, slender mountain peaks. But it's hazy enough that you really can't make them out. Perhaps one could be slender enough to be considered a pillar, though. Mm. I think our first objective should be to head towards the north across these gorges and... How far does it look? Mile-wise. It's a crows of sort of... Never mind. Perhaps 20? I, I don't know. It's hard for me to know. I've not really stood on many mountainsides and peered off into the distance. Right, we're standing up on a mountaintop. And, we're, and we see gorges and mountains so far away that they're misty and we can't see them. That's like 100 miles. Okay. Right? Uh, right? I mean, it's somewhere be somewhere between 20 to 30 miles. Yeah, it's, it's a good distance. Well, what are some of the other landmarks that it says he saw? How do we know we should go to that one first? Well, I mean, that one there is just... A, what are some the of the other landmarks okay, it says other, we saw? All right, so the other landmarks. So it says... Across, so from here I can see the land of Delphin spread out, a tapestry find across the gorges to the north, a pillar find stands in crystal splendor. It rises she wants high. you to summarize. It, it doesn't, doesn't, it doesn't note any other landmarks of this one that we're looking for right now, but the other ones are, you know, in distant lands, Kassara, Tran, Muaka, and Von Haida. I see. So this is like the closest one then probably if we check it out. I say we go try to check out these pillars. Or at least this slender mountain that could be interpreted as being like a like a pillar. That's a only five miles away. <laughs> <laughs> that's just at the feet of these mountains. As the Womberbash flies. <laughs> um, so let's see here. Don't Mighty Leap. He's gonna mighty leap from the mountain. <laughs> oh the... yeah, you're you're getting close to fly, aren't you? Um, you can't you can't use it yet because you it's a seven point it's a seven point effect. Five. Fly? Fly is five. <laughs> oh my fly. goodness. Can I ride on your back? Do you believe that? <laughs> Jack Black in Nacho Libre. <laughs> So here's the deal. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just need to see how long this lasts. Hold on a second. One hour. I want to spend five side <laughs> points. And I want to fly toward these pillars. But how am I going to do this? Because I've never done this before. Well, maybe maybe you'll just kind of like look over there and you'll be like, man, it'd be oh, cool. You've done it before. just didn't count. <laughs> <laughs> That's I true. Wish you, I wish you would have cut that out because I felt like such an idiot. I'm like, I'm doing all this. And, I, 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 and hey. then you're like, can you do that? And I'm like, never mind. 
<laughs> Welcome to my world. All right, so here's the deal. Let me just read this real quick. As a bonus action, you alter your physical form to gain different characteristics. When you use this ability, you can choose one of the following effects, add them together to determine the total cost, then you uh, then this transformant lasts for one hour or until you die or until uh, you end it you as die. a bonus action. Okay. You die. What? <laughs> uh, Lightning from the heavens. Wings sprout from your back. You gain a uh, you gain flight equal to your walking speed. So thirty. 30. Feet. That's not bad. Let's see. Thirty feet every six seconds oh times ten. <laughs> Three hundred feet per minute. Three hundred times sixty is eighteen thousand feet per hour. So that's almost a mile. In one hour. Uh, 5,280. Oh, right. Sorry. Duh, duh, So what's 1,800 divided by 5,280? It's, it's about three and a half miles, right? Three and a half miles uh, or so. That's like 1,800 divided by 5,280? 18,000. So 3.4 miles per hour. I can only get three miles away. Yeah. Well, that's unobstructed, though, straight line type deal. Yeah. And I've never landed. Okay, here's what we're going to do. Okay. Describe your transformation. Okay. All right, so while, um, while we're talking, um, I'm, I'm looking at this, this pillar, and I'm thinking to myself, and I look up and I see birds, some birds flying, right? And... For whatever reason, I feel like I want to jump off of this mountaintop to join them in flight. Well, the moment I have that that thought, um, I I I bend forward, um, sort of like in a pain, and then my my back actually starts to to make some cracking sounds, and uh, is and and all of a sudden, like my 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 um, shoulder blades start to crack out of place and spread out and I feel pierced through my skin out more bone and all of a sudden you see like these bone spurs come out of my back and it starts to, to grow and next thing you know they spur out in a different direction creating like essentially like a wing type structure and next thing you know like um, feathers start to start to grow from that feathers grow in and off of my cheeks and down a little bit and my nose and my lower jaw protrude forward a little bit, and and all of a sudden, my I ah 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 I turn and I look, but it's not like I would, a regular guy would look. I like twitch, squirrel kind of quickly yeah. with my head. I look back at them, and then I just jump off of the mountain. Bash! Bash! Now, I, I, as, I, as I go, I'm starting to plummet down, down the mountain, but then all of a sudden, the, uh, my wings from my back spread out, and it and catches, and I start basically... Like James Bond. Yeah. <laughs> James Bond and Goldeneye. <laughs> okay. You you leap off, and the rest of you all leap forward instinctively. Thump almost hurls himself after you to grab you by the heels and pull you back. But I, I can see Tira grabbing him before he goes over the edge. 
and that's where we're going to end it. We're going to leave it there because um, I want to start off the next episode with you taking flight for the first time. I want to do that justice. That was neat. Well done. And let me guess, he gets to level up again. What the? I only have one point in there. Okay, so let's take a look at our experience points. A few things happening this time. You get a discovery point for finding Tuonue. Yes. You get another three for your time spent in the city and finding the monastery. I wasn't sure how you were going to deal with the conscription gang, if you were going to actually attack them or if you were going to try and convince them not to take people from the village because you didn't attack them. I do want to reward that. I want to let you know that might is not always right. And so even though you didn't agree with what was going on necessarily, I like how you handled it and bash, especially you got inspiration for it in game, but I I liked that you were willing to trade yourself for someone else. Why don't you take, seven experience points for that encounter Nice for finding the poem your third out of four possible uh, go ahead and take five experience points and now let's talk Norse battle me for getting a long sword you got the experience Trading him, trading, trading him a, a, a turtle. <laughs> your reward is the sword. I know. Yes. My, my, you got my, your benefit in game. My religion check on the on the shrines and and you know abstaining from them because yeah, I'm a like I'm that. a good. Why, why don't you take one for that, Peter? Uh, Michael for his description of the bird transformation. <laughs> Meh. You sure you want to nominate him? <laughs> take two. What's wrong with that? <laughs> What's wrong with that? I'm not getting wrong points with myself. That? Might as well be nice. Or All right, let's see here. Let's see here. What, t- what did Tira do? What Nothing. Tira, what did you do? T- uh, I grabbed Thump and didn't let him jump off the cliff after Lumberbash, <laughs> which you said I did. Well, what if Thump actually has wings tuck, uh, tucked under his arms and he's just like a bat? And you're like, what the? <laughs> 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 Scream. <Wait for> me. <laughs> uh, you two just like fly off and, the, and then the, the podcast just follows you and Thump actually, from now on. No, honestly... Thump is a dragonborn. At a certain level, he can't. No, 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 you're no, You're not no, gonna no. do it. You're thinking sorcerer. Yeah, it's a con- sorcerer draconic with lineage. With a draconic lineage. Oh, that's yeah. right. That's right. Well, we that would be. Know what he is. He's, he he could multi-class. You do. <laughs> okay. He's a fighter. That would be. Awesome. He could multi-class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not going to. <laughs> oh, uh, how how many experience points did you get base? Uh, I've got sixteen here. Wow. I got 18, but it was base 16 plus the two you gave me for mm-hmm. transforming into a bird. Bird. So he's probably got 17 then. Do you have 17 written down, Thane? I have, yes. Okay. Okay, any other nominations? Any denominations? Methodists. <laughs> Actually, I, I think Thane should get something for he he sort of put 
when I was reading it, I didn't recognize those names, but he put together pretty much every single one of those names. They were like a transliteration because mm-hmm. we're probably not pronouncing them correctly. But but I think you should get something for that because I was completely lost. Yeah, why don't you take two? Don't mind figuring, if I do. Figuring that out. Okay. Well, with that, we will wrap this episode. Why don't, hey, we, do, why don't we do the recap? Wait a second. I think it's 95. And do you have time to do your level up episode? Yeah. Okay. Hang on a second. It let me, let me, short, let me, right? add up, let me add up my junk. I'm sorry. No. How close are you, Liv? Five oh. Just let her so level up. So two games from now, I might make it. Um, <laughs> no, definitely no. next game. Oh, your next game, up. we're definitely going to get... definitely. Last game, we only got like two points. Well, next game, we're likely going to get into a fight because it's been kind of light for the past two episodes. So We're, we're prob- going to get into a fight with Bash is flying off to the thing, <laughs> and we're standing there going... Ugh. We're going to fight some giant eagles. Please? <laughs> All right. This giant bird's coming toward us. Shoot it. <laughs> oh, it's Bash. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tira Ironstag is 95 points into level five. Oh, so close. You'll get there. You'll get Mm -hmm. there. Walmer Bash is 19 points into level six. Peter Greyhawk is seven points into level six. Thump is 74 points into level three. Man, we, we need to level up Thump. We need to get him some serious experience points because he needs to... The stronger he is, the stronger the team is, too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's hey, so true. What do, you, what do you get now with that? We'll talk about that in a okay. little bit. Okay. We want to thank you all for joining us. We're uncovering more and more all the time about what our party is headed for and what they're trying to accomplish in this world. Hope you'll stay with us and join us. We hope you'll stay with us and join us again next time here at Stack of Dice. I thought I had a hold on.